0: Hello, welcome to the first episode of my podcast. In this episode, we will be getting into and discussing arguably the worst serial killer in Canadian history, Robert William Picton. Picton is seen as one of the most notorious Canadian killers of all time. In 2007, he was convicted for the murders of six women. He was initially arrested in 2002. He was involved in a long and grueling investigation, which revealed evidence of at least 20 other murders. Picton was charged with the additional murders, but they were stayed by the Crown in 2010. Picton was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole, the longest sentence for a murder under Canadian law at the time he was sentenced. He had confessed to 49 other murders to an undercover agent and also said that he wanted to go for an even 50, but was caught because he was sloppy. So how did Picton get to this point? You're about to find out. Robert grew up on a farm in Vancouver with his family. He was always made to do farm work by his not-so-nurturing mother. Robert and his brother were not so fond of school because they had no friends due to their smell of pig and manure. Robert and his brother would often skip school to go home and hide under their beds as not to be found by their parents. Robert. Robert spent most of his time working on the farm. He had eventually saved up enough money to buy himself a calf at auction. Robert took good care of the calf and it was his only friend. One day he came home and the calf was missing. Robert went to ask his mother where the calf had gone. His mother told him to go down to the barn. Robert went to the barn and he found that the calf had been slaughtered. This event almost completely ruined Robert's human connection. His first murder started a new chapter of his sexually charged rage. Between the years of 1995 and 1997, 21 women went missing from the same place that picked picked up his first murder victim. It was like Robert enjoyed all of it. The picking up, taking them home, killing them, dismembering them. It was like a hobby for him. In 1998, nine more women went missing. Family members of the victims started filing police reports and missing persons reports. The police were quick to turn them away. They implied that women like that often just leave town. Police were not eager to investigate reports where bodies were, were not present. At one point, one of Picton's friends from the street got high in his trailer and fell asleep. She woke up and saw a light in the slaughterhouse. She went to investigate. She saw a woman hanging from the ceiling. She fled the farm and Picton did not go after her. Eventually, women were too scared to go to Robert's farm with him because they had heard about disappearances. Robert used one of his friends to lure women to his farm, where he would kill and butcher them. This gave Robert a sense of power as he was being brought women for slaughter. The police had finally decided to get involved. They had made a list of suspects, and Robert was one of them. Since Robert only had one charge of assault, the police decided not to probe any further. After the death of his parents, Robert continued up the farm work. And the farm was described as creepy. Picton himself was described as a pretty quiet guy. Robert frequented a part of town that was dirty and full of prostitutes and drug addicts. He would troll the streets for women to have sex with, but after much time of not getting what he wanted, he picked up a 14-year-old girl, attacked her with a knife, raped her, and threw her on the street. Sadly, this was only just the beginning. In August 1997, Robert began his reign of terror when he picked up a heroin addict in downtown Vancouver and offered to buy her drugs. He took the woman back to his trailer where he killed her. Picton took apart her body and buried some of it at his farm. The rest he sent to an animal waste factory. In 2001, he continued his murder sprees. But instead of disposing the bodies immediately, Robert decided to keep the heads, hands, and feet of his murder victims in buckets in a freezer. It was obvious at this time that Robert had become sloppy. He had a false sense of immortality. The police had gotten an anonymous tip from somebody that had worked on the Picton farm that Robert was keeping illegal weapons in his trailer. The police obtained a search warrant and at this point had begun one of the largest forensic investigations in Canadian history. During their investigation, police had found an inhaler from one of the missing women. They decided to call off their search for illegal weapons and obtained a new search warrant so that they could look for more evidence of the missing women. The police alerted the media at their break in the case, and the next morning, the farm was surrounded by news crews from all over the country. During their investigation, police found a camper van where Robert had shot a woman. The van was full of evidence of a murder. The entire interior was covered in blood, and the outside of the van investigators found a rubber spin full of the victim's remains. Robert was brought in for questioning but denied all claims. By April 2002, police had enough evidence to charge Picton with five more murders. Canadian health officials revealed that the meat from the pig farm may have been cross contaminated with the remains of Robert's victims. The forensic investigation on Robert's farm. Lasted 22 months, and by the end, police have enough evidence to charge Robert with 27 murders. The trial was long and with poor evidence, difficult for the prosecution. Witnesses were quickly discredited by Picton's defense. After two weeks of deliberation, the jury found Robert Picton not guilty on all counts of first-degree murder. The jury did, however, find Robert guilty on six counts of second-degree murder and he was charged with 25 years in prison and no chance of parole. Robert appealed to the Supreme Court of Canada. Nothing came of it, however. Today, Robert Pickton has been moved to Quebec because he was being bullied in the British Columbia Jail. He is not allowed to see anyone in his maximum security prison 600 miles from the St. Lawrence River. In my opinion, Robert is an evil man. He obviously has some sort of mental problem that I believe began when he was a child. The lack of care from his parents and being poorly treated by his peers caused an anger to grow in Robert, which he took years to come out. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you learned just a little bit more about one of the most wicked men in Canadian history. Thank you for listening.